on an exclusive. We're going to our correspondent directly from the field. Hello, my friends. Hey, then today. Hey there. Oh, that was almost funny. <laughs> yeah, no, it was funny. You're the one in the field, so it's very funny. <laughs> That's right. I do have a good view of streetcars going up and down uh, King Street. I'm live from uh, downtown Toronto, providing value. I get to see many. Wait, wait, there's, a, there's a conference in Toronto. No wonder it's not worth anything. It's a conference. It's a one-day conference in Toronto. It's a world tour they refer to it as i assume that means there's multiple cities toronto being one of the cities and i was able to chat and see people and have free lunch exactly nice. what you'd expect from a conference exactly what you expect from a one-day conference <laughs> right. Right. so so uh my wife and i are leaving saturday morning to your favorite place on earth paul disney world that is correct nice that's correct. So Sunday, we will be at Hollywood Studios. Uh-huh. Monday, we will be at... No, Sunday, we will be at Epcot. Monday, we will be at Hollywood Studios. Interesting. So you want to do Cosmic Rewind. That's the goal, I assume? That is the goal, yes. Yes. Okay, good. Um, have you already done your park regis- re- reservations? Yes. Okay, good. Have the park reservations, have the hotel reservations. Perfect. So then I would highly recommend Genie Plus for Hollywood Studios. Yes, it is not required in any way for Epcot, however. Oh, Lots good to know. Epcot's easy to walk on. As long as you rope drop, you're fine. But Hollywood Studios is torturous if you do not have yeah. Genie Plus. Yeah, yeah we did it uh, the last time we did it. And we stayed at the Dolphin or the Swan, yeah. the same property. Yeah. Um, so we got the 30-minute early entry. Right. And and we because you we couldn't get a reservation for Rise of the Resistance you had to pay extra for that so we just booked it over there and got on, Smart. and the line was thirty minutes or something it went bad I would I would wait in that line at thirty minutes all the time, like I would just I'm if pretty, it was always thirty minutes I just loop. I'm pretty sure Cosmic Rewind there is no standby still it's only queue, only virtual queue, so right. seven like six to fifty five wake up seven a.m. jump on that queue. Yeah. Right. It is a spectacular ride. Did I describe it last time when we were you talking? Did. You did. Yeah. It's a spectacular ride. I highly recommend it. Nice. Well, I'm also hoping to hit Morimoto's. I'll oh, be thinking yes. of you guys if I do. That would be nice. Yeah. Uh, I enjoyed that yeah. venue. Yep, that was a good trip. Any Star Wars so, rides? The uh, rise of the Resistance is, yep. yeah, Hollywood oh. Studios. So that's uh, Rise of the Resistance, and then they have the Millennium Falcon ride. So we'll do both yep. those. Um, I was thinking about Mickey Mini Runaway Railroad. Railroad. That, that that one was so good. So we'll definitely be doing that. <laughs> yeah, nice. I was I was thinking about registering to do the build your own lightsaber, but I kind of yeah. don't like the build your own lightsaber. Like I could actually do that at home and it'd be just fine. There's plenty of good DIYs on how to do that. I, I kind of prefer the replicas that that match a character. Mm. Well, I, the 15 year old did it. I took him to do that at Disneyland in August ish or last August. Um, and it was not really about the lightsaber, even though it's a cool lightsaber. It was the, it was the 30 minute experience that you go through, right? It almost felt like you were a Jedi and going through training. And there's a whole, a whole sort of uh, play to it, which was, I thought was amazing. I oh, that's cool. Howard dress up. Yep. Sure. And then with a beard. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> That's true. That's true. 
Do you happen to have a conference, or are you just going uh, at? Uh, no, no, I have. Like... A, of course, I have a conference. I don't even understand the question. <laughs> I thought you were just traveling at your at your leisure. To Orlando? No. <laughs> no. Just yeah. Driving by. No. Yeah, no. Orla Orlando would never be a place I would travel for pleasure. <laughs> nice. What is the reason why? I know why I go to a conference, but what will be the reason that an executive will take their time, besides going to Disney World, to go to a conference? Oh, they're completely worth No, they're completely worthless. <laughs> like the guarantee is, as soon as they register for a conference, the sales call start. It's guaranteed, right? right? So, so whatever I'm going to do at a conference has to be worth more than the sales calls I'm going to get, and and. We're both on the vendor side at this point, right? Yeah. I work for an analyst organization. Paul works for a vendor. You work for a vendor. And as so as an executive, really all that's left for me is networking because there is zero content for executives. Really? Do you consider zero. that content? So should we do something like to teach people like content for dummies or something like that? Um, I, so so let me uh, let me tell you where this came from. This is actually a, my topic this time instead of normally it's Paul's topic. He's so good at coming up with topics, but this one I was so frustrated about, I kind of I kind of forced the issue a little bit. So I was at um, KubeCon last week, right? Yeah. Which is a Kubernetes DevOps conference. Really good conference, especially for practitioners. Um, and now I get invited to all the media and analyst stuff because I work for an analyst organization. So right. I'm sitting in a room with a bunch of other analysts listening to people talk about the things that, the conference organizers think, think is important. Um, and I'm sitting in the room and they're doing um, kind of the, the future of DevOps, right? And it's supposed to be a 10-year look into the future. So platform and they, engineering type conversations. Kind of. Okay. And they have a guy who runs a, who runs a little uh, a kind of tech startup um, that's DevOpsy focused. And then they have DevOps engineer one, DevOps engineer two, and... Um, DevOps engineer slash team leader number three, all of which are from big tech companies, ah, right? Okay. So, so there's no diversity whatsoever in opinion on the on the floor, because right. they're all part of massive DevOps organizations that are very tech forward um, that only think one way. So, first right. off, that's a tremendous failure, <laughs> right? The chance that they represent the totality of the market is less than zero percent. Like it's negative 500% because they're so echo chamber focused. They can't possibly represent anybody except those who live in that particularly well-defined echo chamber. And they live and in then, a world that only works in a perfect sense, right? There's no constraints. Correct. They don't have economic issues, regulatory correct. boundaries. The only thing they know is best possible outcome. Correct. Yeah. Correct. Right. Um, and so I'm, I'm sitting in the audience and I'm watching as my peers take copious amounts of notes. The whole time I'm sitting there like this going, I've found nothing of note to mention. <laughs> and every word that I hear is an echo of words that I've heard for the last like decade. And it suddenly occurred to me, this is why not only do I get no representation, no value from these conferences, but it's also why I don't get any value from the standard analyst stuff. Right. Because they're reporting on information fed to them by an echo chamber 
that they don't necessarily realize is an echo chamber. Right. Right. And so all we do is create this big cycle of echo chamber that frankly is dizzying. (laughs) And finally I got frustrated and I'm like, you guys haven't talked about people even one time. And I talked to the, to the, to the organizer and said, I said, look, you guys really need to, if you're going to do these things, you're going to put a, a group of people up there, put an executive up there, put a people manager up there that sits at the top of the chain. And then right. when they go, well, in 10 years, we're going to have this all automated. They can go, no, <laughs> no, you're not. So there won't be an Ooh. org chart. It'll all, all be bots. Right. Right. <laughs> right. Well, why won't it be automated, Howard? Well, it won't be automated because most of my workforce is, is sitting right around 40. Right. In a decade, they'll be 50. <laughs> they still won't be comfortable at the command line. So all your DevOpsy stuff is still going to be stuck in the closet with the rest of the DevOpsy stuff. And the right. fact that you've not evolved it won't change the fact that I still can't use it. I'm, th- I'm 20 years away because I got 20 years before those people are, are retirement age. I've got 20 years before I can replace GUIs with command lines, before I can replace ease of use as my number one concern with effectiveness from the command line with APIs. Right. Then you add in the API security challenges and you're an easy five more years. Just tack on five years because we're not going to make any progress for the next five years while we try to figure that out. And all of you have said, like they're, they're, they, they got asked about DevSecOps. All of them said universally, it's not our problem. Don't make it the developer's problem. <laughs> really? <laughs> to, to which my response was, that's the dumbest shit I've ever heard. Well, whose problem do they believe it is? Security. Oh. So Security wait, not has... wait, wait, they write insecure code and it's Correct. their problem Correct. to fix their code it's correct. someone else's problem correct because some correct. other bot that somebody else will build will will walk through the code and insert the appropriate no, no because yeah, that's actually what they want yes that's actually what oh. they want they want an ai tool that does code inspection i see and okay, modification correct which doesn't work and and isn't ever going to work and if it and if it actually did work, then I just have the AI write the code. I mean, if we're just making up <laughs> shit we want to work, I don't need the developers anymore. I'll just use an AI. I'll describe the code in English. I'll hit go. The AI will develop the code. It'll be at least secure as developers that refuse to, use, to learn security. You, you know what the <coughs> most secure code does? Nothing. Yeah. <laughs> it types hello world. With this... When this service doesn't actually engage and start up, it is the most secure service you'll ever use. That is true. That is true. true. Right. And if you're inserting performance hitting, availability hitting code because you don't care about the code because you're security and you're a coder who doesn't care about security, then that that service won't work. Yeah. I mean, I can write I can write extremely secure and extremely fast code. The first line says go to end. (laughs) <laughs> right. <laughs> right. So, so notification from someone that actually lead the teams, that actually seeing what is happening, and then the people that were there were like on an utopia, like Paul mentioned. What value? If, I know that you specifically, Howard, you you like the tech side. If you were. If you if you were a tech guy, someone that is still on the keyboard, was there any real value without the hype? In, sure. In- so, <clears throat> so if I was a DevOps engineer, it's a great conference. 
It's a really good conference. It's it's extremely focused. Um, it's narrow enough that you kind of know what to expect when you get there. And all the vendors are really focused around the topics. Um, it's got enough variety that depending on where that, that you kind of have a, a spot you can go to, regardless of where you sit in the specific kind of DevOps workflow, right? <clears throat> it's a very good conference for that. What would you come out knowing? Like you're going in as an existing DevOps engineer, you're coming out knowing what more? more um, you get to see or... like, the direction where the products are going. You get to see um, especially a lot of the new things that have shown up. You probably get a better idea of, you know, if you don't have a really good handle around like API security, um, you get a really good handle around kind of what are the topics that, that companies are investing in right now, which I think right. is important to know. Um, like there's a ton of nuance and then it's training, you know, you'd come out right. with training likely in, in some piece of technology you didn't already know, or, you know, felt that you needed to learn, right. Your company is right. going to do X. And so you go and learn X. Some certification. Um, Got it. Yes. But ultimately there are no conferences for those who have to build a strategy. There are no conferences for those who have to learn how to build something. And you really have to be aware going into it. All of these conferences are echo chambers. Mm. Right. If they looked at what are the what are the different perspectives we could get, and if we've got four seats, let's fill it with let's let's just have one perspective rec, um, um, represented by each chair, not the same represented across all the chairs. I think the dynamics of the conference would change a whole lot, and the conversations would be so much more interesting. Yeah, because I'm going to that situation saying, "Tell me more about what life looks like if I didn't have that capability at all." And then walk me through the process it took to go from no capability to some capability to whatever you're describing, which is sort of ultimate capability. Because right. I'm not, I'm at the very beginning, and I have to think that wasn't easy. I just did. It wasn't about hiring someone. It was about creating well, it, process. It was creating skill set. It yeah, was it, even if I'm not at the very beginning, right? Even if my maturity is a one. Right. Why is it worth the investment to go to a two? Why is it worth the investment to go from a two to a three or a, th or a three to a four? Like right. each of those are, are large investments. They're not small investments, right? right. Are, it's, it's measured more like the Richter scale. It's not, it's not a linear, linear growth, right? So it's logarithmic. So, so tell me why is it worth it for me to make the investment to jump from a two to a three, right? right. Why should this become core language to my business? Um, and, and there's none of that. There's no strategic conversation. There's none of that. No, there's no attempt to be well-rounded. There's no attempt to, to really talk about nuance. And, and, and the shame of it is, okay, let's say it's 80% it's practitioner, 20% leadership. Let's say it's 90% practitioner, 10% leadership. Right. They also don't arm any of them to be champions within their own organization in the language that an executive would need to increase their, their investment. Right. And, and at each of these dedicated conferences I go to, um, I talk to, you know, like I do interviews with end users, right? And the number one response is, I wish my executive team was more bought in. Right. Okay, so what are you doing to be a champion? Right? Like, right. you say your executives don't actually understand it. How are you championing the understanding? What are you doing to advocate? What are you doing to, to enable them to have an understanding of what these things mean? Do they know what DevOps means? No. Okay, cool. So why don't you explain it to me in the way that you would explain it to an executive? And it's four words in, you're lost. It's funny. Each one of those conferences have a section on the registration page of 
how do I create the business case to convince my boss to send me to this conference? When it, also, when it also should have, how do I create the business case to convince my boss to invest more in this capability once I'm done? Yet that's completely absent. That The concept no longer exists. It's learn Correct. more, learn more, learn more, hope you can apply it, good luck. You know, shake yep. your hands, move on. I also get the sense, especially a very practitioner-heavy conference, they lose their relative importance. So I'm going to give you a quote today. So somebody said to me today, they just came from a DevOps conference. I won't use their name just in case they happen to see this particular <laughs> pod. They said, um, data is only a slice of what we do. DevOps is the entire rest of the pie, which is philosophically what? not true in terms of the purpose and goal of the organization, but they're coming off a DevOps conference that mm. in some way convinced them that the relative importance of DevOps changed, which seems strange. I mean, it's almost like you have to take that topic and say, you realize you play in a technology ecosystem that looks like this, right? And you, you're a Lego block in that picture versus you were the block, right? There's only one block and you're it. That, that's also a statement that says technology for technology's sake. Right. If DevOps is the purpose, that's just a technology. We don't work in a world that's technology for technology's sake. The world we work in is enabling business to make more freaking money, to do their jobs better, to be more efficient, to be more effective. Uh, right. At the DevOps conference last week, somebody said up on stage that, that DevOps is digital transformation, <laughs> that they were wow. one and the same. And, and I went, no, it's digitizing. <laughs> no, it's very different, actually. Like, those aren't, they're not even remotely the same. How is DevOps customer-centric? Right. Like, tell me, tell me about I do DevOps, how, do, how am DevOps. I customer-centric? Right. Well, right. It's because you have no fucking clue what you're talking about. <laughs> you have no clue what digital transformation actually means, what the purpose actually is. You've studied it 0%. Right. Right. And you get up on stage and you make statements like this, and then all of a sudden everybody's tired of, of digital transformation. Of course they are, right? <laughs> because no one uses it correctly. There's no value as ascribed to something that you use as a generic term you throw out for everything. So you seem like you know what you're talking about. You have no clue what right. you're talking about. Yep. Who the hell gave you a microphone? <laughs> they're making this big cliff drive, right? They're talking about digital transformation. They're diving off. They're hitting the ocean and the ocean's the DevOps, but you've missed, you know, <laughs> several stories of actual other things that, are just as important before you hit that water. Yeah, it's, it's, it's correlation does not equal causation. Right. If I go through a digital transformation journey, it is likely I need to do agile and DevOps right. to some degree. Those things do not equal digital transformation. There right. is correlation. There is not causation. Yeah, they participate, sure. They, they help in the process of delivering a digital project. I buy all Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and they're both designed to give me the things I need to fail fast. Right. Right. Which is one of the things I try to transition into a new way of working in a digitally transformed business. I need to be able to fail fast. Otherwise, how could I ever meet my, my customer where they are going if I can't get there quickly? Yep. And I agree that adding an executive to a panel like that allows sort of a reframing of what's important, right? Because as you just mentioned, what's important to the business is, you know, growing revenue and being profitable. But sometimes what's important to the business is neither of those two things, but the valuation of the company itself. What investors or bankers or, 
you know, my owner thinks the value of the company is to which I sure. need to align to, right? It might not be revenue. It just might say, well, I need you to be a third biggest player selling this product and anything else doesn't matter. And if you become sure. the third biggest player, then, you know, I can create a multiple of 17 times. Great. I don't, That's what I I don't care about all revenue. I only care about ARR, MRR. Right. right. Exactly. Um, yeah. I mean, ultimately, the job isn't, it, it never is to build revenue. It's to do whatever the shareholders have decided is the important thing, which is delivered to you through a board. Right. Right. And, and, and thus, the, theoretically, the CEO. Right? And what's so. the biggest impact <clears throat> and the biggest, um, the biggest constraint to building out a company, of course, is this people, which was your original point. Say, so if there's a panel that doesn't discuss people's capability and evolution, then what's it all about? Then it's just tool for tool's sake, knowledge for knowledge's sake versus applicability in actual humans. Yeah. And, yeah. and I don't know what you do with knowledge that's not applicable. I mean, I guess it makes you cool on Jeopardy, but these aren't <laughs> those kind of questions. It's not right. that kind of knowledge, right? I mean, you, I, I would have got just as much value in a World Economic Foreign Forum panel on, you know, the, the macroeconomics of the Southeast Sahara. <laughs> it had the exact same truth, true ap applicability in what was going to happen in 10 years in technology when you're delivered such an incredibly incomplete picture. So in that panel that you're on, would there have been a question or how would they have answered the question? Have you ever actually ever done this in the real life? Whatever you just described, this, this end goal, <laughs> have you ever literally tried to do this for this CPG company, this bank? And then what happened when you attempted it? No, no. The answer would have been no, because they've never right. been out of tech. Like as right. they all went through their resume, their resume was all tech. Right. I've been 17 right. years at Microsoft. Yeah. Right. Well, it's seven, 17 years here, four years here, five years here, three years here, all right. of which was Silicon Valley. Right. Right. And, and, it, and it kind of doesn't matter because they still didn't drive any of it. You right. know what I mean? Like, okay, cool. You participated on a DevOps team. Maybe you introduced the concept of DevOps to the organization. Right. Whoop de do. You didn't make the hiring decision. You didn't make the firing decision. You didn't make the staffing decision. You didn't make the strategy decision. You didn't make the investment decision. You, you didn't deal with the budget. You didn't have to make the decision on, I have the same amount of money as last year and my priorities have shifted. How can I shift my money? Where do I find green funds for this? Right. Right. And none of them, you could tell, not a single one of them had any experience with that. And it's like, that's not, none of that is actually helpful. If you're trying to tell me where am I going to be in 10 years, Put someone up there that has a 10-year plan. Or put someone up there that has a three-year plan. Because most of us that have a three-year plan have a 10-year target. Like we have some idea of where we want to be in a decade. Do you think they gear this content for the exceptional and the unicorns? Or the people that are leading edge, they're pioneering, and not everyone else who is much less mature than how they're describing um, I mean, yeah, absolutely. And, and, and it's, it's, it's specifically the practitioner unicorn. Yeah. Right. It's those that have decided to make the investment and are hoping to get an ROI. But again, because they have no well-rounded discussion, it's all, it's all based on the backs of individual engineers. Right. Right. I can't, what am I going to do with that? You know what right. I mean? A bunch of individual contributors you working don't work on one individual contributors. Yeah. Well, plus, even if you do, I need you to think like a team and they don't even talk about that. Right. 
right? None of there was, I saw no content that was focused on this is how a team operates, mm. right? I saw no con, no con content on this is how you would develop or design a program within your organization, mm. you know, something, something kind of high level and strategic. And, and, it, and I, I'm, I'm not even trying to pick on this conference, pick any of the conferences I've been to in the last year, right? Black yep. Hat, no, no. DEF CON, holy crap, no. Right. VMworld, not going to happen. Right. Right. The, the, the closest I got to content was some of the things I presented it for a partner conference, because those were all about, you know, how, how do I become more strategic and help my customer achieve their strategy? Right. Right. Because that's really where they're focused. They don't want to hear from me about, you know, what technologies of my engineer need to be trained in. They want to hear about, hey, my customers are going through this journey. How do I become valuable in that journey? Because I'm not today. Right. I'd love to hear how those individuals in the real world need to be measured and how they're, how the panelists would tackle that subject. Right. So, you know, those DevOps engineers, just as an example, again, in my organization and me being a bank, let's say, are focused on delivering on this project with high quality they're not individually measured in the amount of automation that occurs in this particular line of business. Sure. So since that's true, how do I, how am I creating success within the team who are only measured on the success of the project? How do, how do I balance those two problems where you're telling me I should be 80% automated, but that's not how my team of 50 DevOps engineers are motivated to succeed. And no, I'm not I, sure it's I, I, in my then. best interest to change that motivation. Yeah, and, and even then, right? What are your priorities, right? Is right. your focus on a smooth rollout? Because that's a day zero problem, right? Right, and then we now we're ignoring the day one problem. Okay, so is your is your concern security? Okay, well, how are you going to measure the transition in security when you don't pay your developers to think about security? You pay them to be fast, right? Right, like like that's part of the problem. Again, there's just none of that content, and so how is someone supposed to know if they're measuring people correctly? Instead, we do that. We, we go, all right, did your projects get delivered on time? whoop do freaking do? How much does one developer have, really have to do with that? Right. And in a microservices world, they have more to do with it than they do in a monolithic world. Okay, so that becomes easier to measure. But is that the right thing to measure? Right. And show me content presented at a conference by someone with any expertise whatsoever that talked about that because I don't see it. Right. And how they evolved from measuring somebody on a successful task to something a little more grander like that's that sounds complex to me <laughs> how do i create a baseline on grandeur exactly yeah exactly right and and since there's no content for it where do i get the information well i get it from analysts well i just told you the information analysts receive they're not receiving anything helpful at all right i do not have a clearer or better understanding of how a devops team should operate inside an organization because i sat in on the analyst track I actually don't have a better idea of what's going on at all other than what I could get from any marketing slide from any vendor that operates in the space. Right. All of which, as near as I can tell, is backed by bullshit. <laughs> and how close were the slides? If I were to take the logo off five of those decks, would you be able to tell which deck was which vendor? Oh, God, no. <laughs> God, no. Like, if you take all the trade... If, if you remove the trademark language, it all it, it all just gets whitewashed. It's the same twelve terms. Like, right. You know, we talked about that before, right? Yeah. Um, and 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 it's funny because it's not only the twelve the the same twelve words. 
but none of them are appealing to someone who sits in the buyer seat. Right. You, you know, like, like I'm convinced if you change the language and focus on language that would resonate with a buyer, you'd probably do 40, like you'd probably shorten your sales cycle by 40%. Right. Because if I could get my questions answered and know why I want to do the, to do this and drive the important importance factor in my mind by looking at your website, there goes 40% of the time it takes you to, to build that yourself. Find time on my calendar, get in front of me, sit in the room, find the right words, answer the right questions in the right way. Like all of that, that's 40, that's easily 40% of your sales. Like if you could do that on your website and now I'm calling you. Yeah. That's it's game over. You win. Right. Right. Yeah. Like, I've, I've already down selected you cause I'm calling you. Co correct. Yep. Um, and yet uh, none of them are focused on that. I, I right? think, I think a pretty big gap is context too. And by that, I mean, what you've just described to me in this session is step seven, but I don't know whether there's 20 steps or eight steps, right? I don't, I don't know what happens when I'm done, what you just said to me, or even, even right. if I can do what you're saying, is this only a quarter of the way there? Do I have lots more to go to which either hasn't been invented yet, or I just haven't told you about yet? So what's, what's my actual investment of time and energy and people? You've described none of that to me. Yeah. 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 And, and you don't, you're not even lucky enough to get what step number it is. <laughs> right. Right. Like you just kind of walk into a, walk into the session and go, and, and I've been in many sessions where I read the description, I read the little synopsis, I show up three slides in, I go, well, yeah, this isn't at all what I was expecting. And I get up and leave. <laughs> yeah. And it's either, it seemed like it was step four and in fact was step 1.5 or it seemed like it might've been step 1.5 and was in fact step seven. Right. right. Um, and, and, and I, as near as I can tell, there's no real work being done by the committee that determines what content shows up to determine, to make sure does the synopsis fit? Is this good content? Do they present well? It's basically, yeah, that sounds interesting. And they've got a good LinkedIn, so we'll do that. Right. And, fairness, and, though, and it's, it's happened to both and it's of not us duplicated. Where, where marketing has predefined what the content and the topic, and they wrote the paragraph. And we look at it being the presenter saying, I, this doesn't resonate with me, and we'll present something else. Or, for sure, you know, adjacent to or slightly different. So sometimes sure. we 100%. do it too. We do it ourselves. Yeah. Or or the, the requesting vendor does the same thing. Like we get that a right. lot as an analyst firm. Hey, can we get someone from your firm to come present on multi-cloud? Right. Can you be more specific? <laughs> well, no, we just want multi-cloud. I'm sure. <laughs> it's, right. it's, it's a broad topic. <laughs> do you want me to have a perspective on said thing? Or what are we looking right. for here? Uh, you know, and, and, and I did go present at a conference where they told me on Monday, I was presenting on Tuesday. <laughs> right. I'm like, I'm, I think I'm down for three sessions. They're like, oh, we got you for four. Excuse me? Yeah, and we haven't received the topic for the fourth. Yeah, because I didn't know about it. <laughs> That's what right. is this thing? <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's, you're going to present as part of the keynote. Great. Right. Now, wow. that, that happened to me last week. I wouldn't say it was purposeful. It was definitely by accident in that there was a session in the middle of the day, just before lunch that the speakers that they had assigned couldn't do it. So they called me up saying, Hey, 
could I slot you in here? And by the way, the topic's already set because everything's printed and I can't, we can't make any changes to it. And isn't that interesting? We think you can handle the topic. That was kind of their phrase. And I look at the topic, it was on infrastructure resilience. And I said, well, that's interesting. I don't want to talk about infrastructure resilience. <laughs> Could I for 30 minutes? I guess. Uh, the audience weren't practitioners, so that was helpful. It's not like I was talking about data recovery to a data recovery crowd. At least it was executives. Um, but I said to myself, no, that's, that's not going to work for the interest of the people. So I literally changed it in my head. And as I walked up the stage, I said, welcome to your two-hour masterclass in data recovery. And they all laughed because it was just a 30-minute conversation on resilience to which I redefined <laughs> to be company resilience, how IT participates, IT team resilience, how your team survives things like the pandemic. And then of course, technology in a little bit, right? To say, listen, there's other things I need to think about in terms of my diverse set of infrastructure and how do I deal with that diverse set of infrastructure from a resilience perspective. And I made that 30 minutes about how you as a CIO in the room care about this word, not infrastructure resilience that probably wouldn't have played well if the original presenter was presenting. So, sure. yeah, I'm not sure that's the best case study, but certainly what was stated on the agenda was definitely not what I talked about. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I did that one. There were no slides, right? They just expected that I had, like, like <laughs> what I was aware of it. I'm like, how, how would I be aware of it? This is the first time we've talked. <laughs> I'm like, well, I'm like, okay, so so I'll do this topic. Well, well, you can't do that topic because it's not that's not this conference. Okay, well, I'll do this topic. All right, that works. And I said, you get no slides. And they're like, can you do it without slides? Well, of course I can. <laughs> I have no problem talking without slides. Um, and and it you know it ended up turning into uh, a little bit of storytelling, um, a little bit of kind of state of the union, and then some some Q and A that was really good. So it ended, it you know it ended up working out fine, but it's um it's still, you know it, it speaks to I would say conferences are hard. They're hard to set up. They're hard to manage. They're hard to organize. Um, yeah. And yet I think some of it is we make it harder than it needs to be by the way by the chaos we create in how we do it. Right. Right. It's like it's not programmatic for the content. It's programmatic for the the tactical pieces. Right. Like everybody knows at this, you know, 18 months out, I'm doing contracts for the venue, right? Seven months out, nine months out, I'm doing contracts for the catering company. Six months out, I'm confirming and doing all the final contracts for the entertainment. You know what I mean? And it, yeah. it almost feels like the content is secondary. And it's just logistical. They're filling time slots. Do I correct, have enough? Correct. I have these rooms fill. with these slots. Yeah. I need this much space in between. Therefore, I need, you know, I need, you know, 125 sessions at 55 minutes a piece. Right. Let's start <laughs> filling, right? Or uh, I need 100 at 55 minutes and another 110 at 25 minutes. Let's right. start filling slots, right? Um, it's like, it, it's almost like um, the seating chart at a wedding. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? I know how many table, I know how big the venue is. I know how many tables I have. I don't know how many seats are at each table. And now I just have to figure out who I can sit next to each other so that they're the happiest at the tables in relation to their their position from you know the stage where the bride and groom sit, right, right, and and that's not how we should think about a conference. 
because mm. that tells me that that the venue and the meals are the content and the value and i don't care about that at all like a, a really if if you had a really good speaker on a really good topic uh, i would sit on a blanket in a park it'd be fine <laughs> right right like I, I can walk up to the to the little hot dog cart there and get refreshments it's it's fine i don't need that what i need is good content and i and i often feel like the content is sacrificed I'd like a conference to be more like academic programs, right? So this conference allows you to get five different types of diplomas, right? The, the morning, noon, and night sessions are like semesters, and we've already organized the 101s, 201s, and 301s so that when you finish, you'll have learned through a storyline to achieve this diploma. Are there electives in, the, in that day? Sure, but for the most part, we'd like to fo you to follow this plan in order to get this diploma. Not in a literal sure. sense, but in a storyline sense. We want you to have learned these five things in the order to which we think you should learn them. But that's not how they're set up in any way. No. If anything, no. they're set up in like industries maybe, or maybe some personas, but never the lesson to be learned, right? Never the goal right. to be achieved. Right. There's, no, there's no outcome to a conference other right. than... I get a lot of sales calls. <laughs> right. Right. Very like I, I'm tempted when I register for these conferences, when it asks for my title, I'm just gonna start putting janitor. <laughs> right. right. Like a title no one will call on. <laughs> right. Right. Like, like nominated stand-in is my title. Student. I'd use student personally. Student. Yeah, that would work too. Nobody's going to talk to a student. Right. Contract writer. <laughs> Contract writer. <laughs> uh, you know it would it would actually be hilarious it'd be fantastic if we could if we started a little uh like language experiment to see anyone with a cxo title just change it to and we came up with three or four things that were that were just nonsense right that we'd start to see at other at other conferences you know like howard holton um nominated of no value <laughs> like nominated stand-in you know what I mean? And you start to see those around conferences and you're like, ah, CIO, I see, I see. <laughs> I'd like one to say open for employment. Open There's for no employment. Way. Nobody's going to talk to you. Right, right. you. Looking. <laughs> Looking. Yeah. Nobody yeah. will contact you at all. It's amazing. It'd be awesome. Here's a QR code to my J-Date profile. <laughs> <laughs> Nice. <laughs> but Mr. Vargas, at the end, at the of, end of the day, the idea should be content that helps not only the today, to help the people that go there to learn for the tomorrow and not have just an utopia, but have something that you can make or take action right now. Yeah, when you mentioned that, I was remembering a long time ago, there were some conferences specifically, I don't remember if it was Microsoft or AWS, that they have a specific executive track mm -hmm. just for executives. Uh, I don't know if they were putting any value, but it makes sense because you, an executive make decisions in a different way that a technical folks do. But I think that Topic for another day is, should the vendor be speaking just tech jargon? Or they should be speaking 
to partner with the executives. I think that's a topic for another day. Uh, <laughs> it's been awesome to see you guys. To all our audience, make sure that you share, subscribe, leave us a comment, click the links in the description, and we'll see you on our next episode.